Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of The Standard is the Standard. It's a special Saturday night episode. Why? Sunday is Mother's Day. And when it's Mother's Day and you have a wife and you have kids, you free up that day. And with that said, I bring in my co-host Lance Williams, who has a wife, who has kids. Yes. And he's going to free up that day. What's going on, Lance? <laughs> Absolutely. And Jeff has a wife who has a <laughs> lot of kids. So he's going to free up like at least two days. You what know, you don't your... know is my wife is a raging alcoholic. That's the only reason she puts up with me. I'm just kidding. No, she's. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what is she naturally for a minute? I mean, you guys are so healthy. <laughs> she must, uh, you know, step on potatoes and put it in barrels <laughs> for a minute and make it in the backyard. And it's Hartman Vodka. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. By the way, that Hartman. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so let's start off with happy Mother's Day to anyone out there that might be listening. I, I know that our demographic on YouTube is not a female audience. Um, I guess it's more about what we talk about than anything else. But nonetheless, if we're listening on podcasts or maybe you're in the car with someone that is a female as a mother, happy Mother's Day from all of us at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and here at the podcasting platform. Lance, go ahead and say the same. I echo those sentiments. Uh, happy Mother's Day to my mom, Jackie Williams. Happy Mother's Day, mom. Love you this much. Love you hard as a rock, as my mom says. And also, I want to send a big shout out to my cousin, uh, Jerome DeWitt Wilson III, who is turning 21 years of age as we record this program. Very proud of you, Trey. Keep doing your thing. You're an awesome young man. Absolutely. So uh, let's get things started off with what's going on with the Steelers right now, and that is that they are participating in, depending on when you're listening to this episode, if you waited until Monday, then rookie minicamp has already concluded. If you're listening to us live or if you're hearing it on Sunday, then they have one day left. They ran their three-day minicamp Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then there'll be a little bit of a lull as they continue with their organized team activities phase two, and then phase three will start on the 21st of May. I want to say that they'll have three weeks of that, and then they will uh, eventually wrap up with minicamp again. And it's the off-season schedule, so that's just how it rolls. But in rookie minicamp, there's not a lot you can draw from it. Uh, but there have been some noteworthy things that have taken place uh, so far. On Friday, uh, Devin Bush was everyone's focal point. Everyone wanted to see how he ran his drills. Everyone wanted to see what his demeanor was like. And from what everyone said, now there were no veterans there, so take this with a grain of salt, he was every bit the leader that he was talked about and discussed to be. He was calling the defense. He was making the correct calls. And the way he talked about it was, I just have to learn the verbiage. He knows the defense. I just have to learn the, 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 the language that they use here. Now, Lance, are you someone that is excited about that, or do you just say, meh, rookie minicamp, whatever? Well, you know me. Yeah, rookie minicamp. But <laughs> it's good to see that he has uh, two AP first-team All-Pro votes in already. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, There's a lot of people that think that he could be that splash, that dynamic player the Steelers needed. Um, I've gone on record as saying I think he could be, and you could disagree with me, Lance, he could be the most dynamic defender the Steelers have had on their roster since Troy Polamalu. I'm not saying he huh. is Troy Polamalu, but name a, a, a dynamic defensive player that I'm talking about a player that can completely turn the tide since Troy retired. 
Well, it's it's only been three. It's been it's been Troy Shazier and Bush. Because when you look at their combine measurables, they are that quick twitch type of athlete that checks those boxes. And it just has to translate to the field. But to what Bush was saying, and not to minimize those comments, it's essentially just just imagine fans. You go to France. I mean, you know everything in front of you. Like, you know what a car is. You know what a bike is. You know what a restaurant. You know what fish is. You can look in the restaurant and see everything you want on order, but you just don't know how to order it. You don't know the words to order it. You can point it out. You recognize everything. And that's kind of what Devin Bush is in. That's where he's at. He knows the defense. He knows the concept structurally. He just has to be able to communicate it because it's a language. They all speak the same language, and the better you speak the language, the clearer you communicate it, you can start playing fast to your instincts and to those measurable times. It'll be interesting to see how he handles when the veterans are there, when the veterans that know the defense are there, and is he still making the right calls? You know, Those are the things that I look forward to, but it's still, in my opinion, hearing positive news, positive press, that's never a bad thing. And uh, I guess you could say that the other notable aspect of rookie mini camp is that the other player that i think a lot of fans were just excited to see mainly because of the position uh and that was deontay johnson the, the their second pick in the draft their first third round draft pick the wide receiver from toledo he did some individual drills on friday did not participate in any team like or offense complete offensive drills and today from what i've read he is, was not even doing much of anything probably has a lingering injury no one's going to say what it is don't expect them to say what it is um it doesn't seem to be of a serious nature so i wouldn't be concerned but that's kind of disheartening you kind of want to see everyone's tabbing him to be the next antonio brown and and you're gonna have to wait and see um lance rookie minicamp injuries meh same am i guessing well, no, no i think injuries are more more uh, of an issue uh, i think that's the most important thing when you're talking about mini camp rookie mini camp is injuries because i don't know the extent of the installation of either the offense or defense or what they're trying to give these players what abbreviated menu or appetizer menu so to speak that they're giving these guys but you want the guys to be healthy to digest as much as they can as quickly as they can so anytime that a young player is not practicing that's a negative. I mean, injuries are the biggest thing right now. But to your point, Jeff, about when the veterans come in to, to, to call the defense, it's that unspoken, nonverbal communication that vets have when they can just look at each other and they give somebody a wink, a head nod, where you don't make a call, but you guys see the same things and you react in concert because you've been playing the together so long and that's and all that you got to work through all that stuff and i'm sure also when they're calling a defense and they're saying certain things there's probably some slang in there so some words that they might inject you know where they might not say fox trot tango they might just say ft you know ftt or something which means fox trot tango so they don't have to say it all out just these different little nuances when you're playing defense when the vets come in when you, that you have to pick up as well yeah, and, but you know, like I said, uh, there, there were a lot of good comments made by people in regards to players like uh, Benny Snell Jr. Uh, that he he showed some good hands catching the football. There, I mean, they're not going to be able to, they're, they're not tackling anybody, so it's not like he's going to be uh, going against live tackling drills. Uh, Justin Lane looked good. 
They said he looked very athletic, long, uh, just everything that he's basically tabbed to be. No one disappointed. There was no, there were there were no one that you know reporters were saying this guy can't catch. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> so the White Stone, uh, <laughs> Sammy Coates. Um, <laughs> We could go on. But anyways, so that's rookie minicamp. And like I said, you take it with a grain of salt because it's their first time. But it is their first time putting on the jersey, putting on the new helmet. And so therefore, in that case, it is significant. Um, the other news that has been going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers is none other than number 19, Juju Smith-Schuster. And Lance, a few, as about a month ago probably, he did a his own podcast. Yeah, I said it. Big shout out to his show because if you're not listening to that, you need to. It's tremendous. Um he did a show where it was basically titled Juju gets it. He gets it. And is another area where he gets it is not just his social media presence and how he utilizes social media. It's the fact that this is what was reported. Juju Smith-Schuster was taking his dog Bougie, very popular animal on Instagram for a walk. Uh, and he saw this park in Pittsburgh and he went to the community I guess the community area, whatever the office. And he said, I would like to hold a get together, like a, a, a water balloon fight here at this park. Is that possible? And they said, yes, he, I mean, this happened today on Saturday, he brought in these gigantic inflatable slides. He had all these water balloons, but the story goes further than that. So he paid for the, a Kona ice truck to show up to give free Kona ice to kids. He paid for this local company to provide sandwiches. When they ran out of sandwiches, he paid for a hundred pizzas to be delivered. Um, and then even someone said that at Walmart early that morning, he was there buying like the water toys and stuff for the event. And as he was leaving, he uh, saw a kid with a charity mug, you know, asking for money. He put 900 bucks into the charity mug. This guy gets it, man. He just gets it. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I I couldn't have said it, you know, any better. I mean, to be able to do all this, it, it it has to be part of his personality because you can't fake this type of stuff, right? You know, like, I, I don't have the personality for that. Like, I'm not going to throw a water balloon stuff at a park. You know, I'll probably give a kid <laughs> some money coming out of Walmart. But I'm like, man, I just trained all day. You know, I'm just trying to get a break, man, get away from it. He is abs this feels absolutely genuine. And the only way that this level of genuineness backfires would be if he got hurt in the water balloon fight. I'm assuming he participated in the water balloon fight, knowing Juju. Yes, and, yes he did. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> likability is big. I mean, likability is big. Uh being able to relate, being relatable to fans is big. All that builds your brand. All that all that builds goodwill for you in the city. So when you drop a pass in New Orleans and you're genuine about how hurt you are about it, fans give you a break. Fans are upset, but fans give you a break. Being nice is always a good thing. Being likable is always a good thing. Now, it's not a good thing to be likable at the expense of your own character and doing things that you shouldn't be doing just to be likable, just to do it for that purpose when it's not genuine. But, you know, you get the sense that it's genuine with Juju. I mean, that's why I said Juju gets it. I mean, his personality is perfect for today's climate of how sports is covered.
It, it, you're exactly right. It, genuine is the key word here that comes to mind. And I don't know him personally. I've never met him. But you talk to people, whether it's on social media, you see, read comments that people that have met him say that this is this guy is is genuine. Like this isn't a, a facade. He's not putting on an act for cameras or anything like that. And he shares so much of his life on social media, whether it's his Instagram stories, Snapchat, he has his own YouTube channel. He's okay putting his life out there and there's nothing for him to hide, at least not at this juncture. And he said it himself. He said, I'm still a kid. He's 22. He said, I still like doing nice. I still like playing video games. I still like going and having fun at a park with friends. So he did this. I, I tell you what, I, I can't think I'm trying to think of a player, and Lance, think about this yourself as I describe it, that has come into the Steelers organization and has been beloved so quickly as Juju Smith-Schuster has. I mean, T.J. Watt was taken in right away um, for a lot of different reasons, the position that he plays, the Watt name, stuff like that. But at the same time, Juju's like at a different level. And a lot of it is his social media stuff, and he plays video games, and he's always he plays video games with fans on online. Can you think of anyone? And it doesn't have to be this team; it can be any generation of team that has come in, and everyone's like embrace them right away. I was going to say the the name that came to mind was Fast Willie Parker. Okay, people, people like Fast Willie. I mean, they the like it was, I mean, the, it was the nickname. Yeah, 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 it was like Fast Willie, and Fast Willie was super humble. He was a super humble dude. Like his humility, particularly in his relationship with Jerome Bettis. I mean, he was a super humble dude. Everybody loved Fast Willie. I mean, Fast Willie was an instant hit in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh loves the running game as well. And he was fast and he was putting up monster games. So, all that and his kind of happy little aw shucks kind of, you know, people like that. So, I, I would say Fast Willie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I wouldn't have thought of Willie Parker as an undrafted player and you know, makes yeah, yeah, obviously. like that stuff. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a good story. Meanwhile, Juju Smith-Schuster as a rookie is like going into the locker room first and locking the doors behind him so no one else can get into the locker room. He's basically just he's like as, as they called him, he's like the, the little brother on the team that just picks on the older brother all the time. That's him. That's his persona. But, but here's the thing, though. But here's the thing with Juju. He's got to keep playing well because if you don't yeah. play well. All this because this becomes antics if you don't play well. Yeah, I'll give you, know you that. Mean? You know what I'm saying? Like if you play well, it's fun. It's light. It's you know, we love Juju. If you don't play well, it's annoying antics. And he needs to grow up and get focused on football. It can flip. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it can flip. He just gotta keep balling out. And if he has a bad game, all he has to do is post the the hit on Vontez Perfect on social media and everyone will love him all over again. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> he knows how to play that game. Um, okay, so kudos. oh, I got another picture he could he he could, he could post. It's the one with the two with the two toes down, the TV touchdown toes uh, in, uh, yes. in Oakland with Antonio Brown in the background. <laughs> Antonio Brown with his arm with his arms up, like oh well, why didn't he throw me the ball? Well, because I don't know. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, uh, juju toe tap. Juju toe tap. I'm not doing any toe taps now. Toe taps over in Oakland. He can they can have him. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Actually, Turd. funny story. Funny story. Uh, I gave away all my Antonio Brown jerseys and my, my Martavis, uh, my Martavis Bryant jersey. And I gave them all to my barber, who's an Oakland Raider fan. I gave them all the jerseys. So I no longer have any Antonio Brown memorabilia in my house. I'm cleansed. I, I'm cleansed. I, yeah, I never had any. Um, 
obviously I'm cleansed. You you get that right, Jeff? I get what you get. I get what you're because I always call him a turd. I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Tomlin said that was Tomlin. Tomlin used that. <laughs> that, that, that. I, you're I thought you were talking about a different type of cleansing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> entendre. See, that was might have been triple entendre. But yeah, you know, Tomlin used uh, th th that uh, description of, of the Steelers as being cleansed after uh, yeah. A.B. and those yeah, guys. Yeah, it was a cleansing. A different type of cleansing. So there yes. you go. <laughs> Kale, arugula, uh, Swiss there you go. High, high fiber diet. So, anyways, um, so that's Kabucha. Juju. It's Juju being Juju, and uh, and it's good to see. I'm glad he's a Steeler because I think that's for me. When you think about how you want Steelers to act, that's kind of what you want. But anyways, um, so still, let's talk about some other stuff here. I run, and if people might listening to the show might not check behind the still curtain.com all the time, but every Friday night we do the Friday night Steelers six pack. And it's essentially where I just think of six questions to ask the readers of the website. The readers of the website will go on, they'll comment their answers. It just creates discussion. People go off on tangents. Sometimes we'll have 40, 50 comments that are based off of one specific answer. It really is just, and it's an open thread exactly what it's supposed to be. And Lance, you decided that you wanted to have us answer those questions on the show tonight. And you have those written down, right? Yes, I do. But I'm going to go in reverse order. Sure, whatever. Just to mix it up. Okay. Let, me give you, let me give you the first question. And it would be number six on the webpage. Over or under on Chris Boswell missed field goals in 2019? Four? Over or under on Chris Boswell missed points after in 2019? Three. What's your thoughts on that, Jeff? Well, I'm the one that set the lines, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say under on both. I think that he gets. I think he gets right. I think he wins the job for a lot of different reasons this year. Um, contractual reasons are a big one, um, but I think that he. Uh, I think he kind of writes the ship. So I'm gonna say under on both. I do think he misses a couple field goals, particularly longer ones. I don't think he has the issues with the short-range field goals as he did last year. And then the extra points, I hope he's perfect. But you can always kind of chalk up one, which is still considered under. What do you think? I hate to agree with you, but I am. I think under on both because I don't think he'll get the opportunity to get to four uh, or three. So he better be under because if he, he approaches either one of those numbers, I don't think he'll be – the yeah. place kicker for the Steelers. So <laughs> he will be unemployed is what he'll be. <laughs> he'll be unemployed. So I'm going to say under okay. for both for the sake of his employment. Number five, if you had pick one, who would you pick? Kevin Green or Greg Avoid Lloyd? I'm not paid for my demeanor. It's, uh, it's tough because Green didn't play as long for the Steelers as Craig Lloyd did. Um, they both finished their careers with other teams. People forget that Greg Lloyd finished with Carolina, I believe. Um, but when I was a kid, I had a number 95 jersey. And Greg Lloyd was he's a bad mother out there, man. And he tried to – I loved how he played angry. Joey Porter played angry too. Uh, Jason Worlds did not play angry. I didn't even <laughs> – I don't think uh, – now here's another name. I don't think Jason Gildon played angry. I like players that play angry, that when they're out there, they're not playing dirty. They're playing angry. They're playing like I'm trying to punish you every time you touch the football. 
And that's what I felt. And I also felt that Greg Wood was a more overall, a better overall player. He was more athletic than Kevin Green. He, Kevin Green was a, a pass rushing specialist. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade. Greg Wood could do more. I'll take Greg Wood. What about you? I'm gonna take Kevin Green. Um, I'm gonna take the 35 and a half sacks to the 22 and a half sacks when they played together. But Lloyd uh, had to do more stuff. He dropped into coverage. It wasn't. This is a three-four team now. Don Capers was the defensive coordinator, so it's not like he was always rushing the passer. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I got to go with the Hall of Famer too, man. Overall, okay. uh, you know, better overall credentials. One hundred and sixty sacks to fifty-four and a half. Uh, you know, Kevin Green, that energy that he provided, that defense and the production, and him screaming off the edge, they were a perfect combination. But if I had to pick one. Because sacks are so valuable, I have to go with the guy with more sacks. I'm going to go with Kevin Green. Hey, agree or disagree? That, that defense of the 94-95, especially those two years, is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated defenses in Steelers history because they never won a Super Bowl. Agree or disagree? I would agree. I would agree. But I'm going to tell you one that's even more underrated than that. It's the team that won the sixth Super Bowl. That defense in 2000, was it 2008? That oh, defense. But, I mean, do people talk about that defense all the time. It's the steel curtain, and then it goes to those early 2000s defense. I never hear about it. Maybe, maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe I'm in the wrong uh, chat rooms, or I'm never <laughs> in chat rooms or ever. But, uh, I never hear about that defense, and, and 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 my thought has always been: I don't hear about that defense because of the second half. Had they taken care of business in the second half and steamrolled Arizona as it looked like they were going to do, then I think that defense would be spoken in the same rarefied air as that Ravens defense of around the same time. That defense was incredible in two thousand eight. But at the same um, time, if it weren't for that defense, they wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl anyways. And it was oh, about time all. that it was about the time it was about time the offense picked up the defense. And so yeah, if if out of a whole season you have a bad half, yeah, it sucks it's in the Super Bowl, but you still won the Super Bowl. Your defense had the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest game changing play in Super Bowl history with James Harrison's interception run back for a touchdown at the end of the half. You gotta give him props. I think that defense gets a lot of credit. To me, it's ranked the 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 steel curtain of the seventies. Then you go to the two thousands defense right after him because you had Troy, Harrison, Porter, Woodley. Uh, you could go to the defensive line with Aaron Smith, inside with James Ferrier, Larry Foote. They get a lot of credit, in my opinion. Ryan Clark. I, I don't disagree. I think they get a lot of credit inside the Steeler universe but i think outside of that when you think of fans outside of the steelers who think of great defenses i don't think that defense comes up i mean the curtain defenses do but that defense is a defense that i think should be thought about the same way as that baltimore ravens defense i think it was every bit as good absolutely that that was those were the teams that i they went years without giving up 100 yards on the ground just tremendous so okay with, with that with that defense jeff I mean, I, I can remember watching the Dallas game when Deshae Townsend picked off Tony Romo to seal yeah. that game. He scored. Did he score a touchdown on that pickoff? He did. It was 2008. 2008. And, and I'm just watching the game, and, and I had an undenying belief that that defense would make a play. I'm just watching the game. I'm like, oh, they're down. They need a play. They'll make a play. That defense will make a play. Bam, he gets the interception. Boom, touchdown. I'm like, that's, that's how I felt about that defense, that whenever it – it needed a play to change a game. It could go out and get it. That was just an awesome defense. And uh, let me jump to, let me jump to the hold next on, question. Hold on, hold on. You can't forget about that oh. game. Heath Miller's big touchdown pass, touchdown reception, where Ben scrambled all over the field and found him 
in the corner of the end zone that actually got them back anyways. Yes, yes. I, 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 you you had to bring up number seven because you have seven numbers. No, I said number 83, number 83. (laughs) Anyway, let's jump. I'm going to skip this one question. I mean, we beat the draft, Jeff, so I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to ask that, that question. Okay. Um, let me go to number the next one. What are your record predictions for the AFC North in 2019? Okay, um, I have the Steelers at 13-3, and three, so they would be first. Um, I have the Cleveland Browns at 10-6, and six, second. I have the Baltimore Ravens at 9-7, and seven, third. And I have the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at 6-10, and 10, fourth. I have the Browns making the playoffs in a wildcard team, and obviously the Steelers vying for a first-round bye in the AFC playoff picture. That's my scenario. What's yours? I'm, I had the Steelers, I believe, 11 and 5 on the pod. I got the Browns at 9 and 7, Ravens at 9 and 7, and I'm going to go with the Bengals at 4 and 12. I think that'll set up for the Steelers being the three seed, and I think the AFC North will only get one playoff representative. Okay. It's going to be interesting. The wildcard teams, they kind of bounce around every year. So. It'll be pretty interesting. Um, it's going to be interesting out in the West with Kansas City because I'm I'm assuming that Tyreek Hill is going to get suspended. So it's going to be interesting what Kansas City looks like because the Chargers are loaded. Kansas City is loaded. So, I mean, if it looks anything like last year, you may have two teams coming out the West. The East is trash. It's only the Patriots. I mean, the East is straight trash. Uh, the, East uh, got, the East got a little bit better. Um let's just put it this way. The Patriots are at least going to have to account for Le'Veon Bell when they play the Jets. You know, I mean, so that's, I understand he's just one guy, but Sam Darnold could be better. Um, they did get, you know, CJ Mosley. They, they got a lot of, ta- they got some talent. I'm not saying that it's going to be wins. It, it's, I'm sorry. It's going to be losses for the Patriots, but I do think that it's going to be more difficult than it has been. You know, what's impressive about you, Jeff, you're so optimistic that you could probably still sell a Pinto today yes you would say it's vintage it has great features <laughs> it has an eight track it it's gets, retro it is retro it's retro That's it funny. gets really bad gas mileage but you know it would just be a car that you would take out to just go to you know just it's a car you, vehicle it's a car you want to drive around town it's reliable uh it's got great interior the sound quality is just perfect got the pop uh, my wife's often told me i could be a, a salesperson so absolutely maybe, I mean, maybe i missed my calling you just sold the Jets being relevant. And if you could sell that. No, hey. no, 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 no. Hold on. I did not say relevant. I said that unlike in the past years, the Patriots aren't going to be able to just cakewalk over the Jets because they actually have some playmakers now. People, he doesn't believe that, but he could sell it to you. And that's the key <laughs> to a great salesman. Everybody in the world knows that you could pretty much chalk the Patriots up for 12 to 13 wins. They're going to win the AFC North by like week. 15. Hey, we know how this works. Rinse, repeat. Yeah. Patriots win the East. I mean, hey. Oh, yeah, I know they're going to win the East. I'm just saying it might not be as easy as in the past. Let's get to the biggest question. I'm going to skip this other question, too. Let's get to the biggest question. Uh, and you okay. did a Steelers Burning Question podcast on it. And that question is, which player from 2017 NFL Draft will have the best 2019? T.J. Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, or James Conner? That's a good question. I think it's a tough question, too. When you think about it, it's tough. 
I mean, people obviously have that immediate knee-jerk reaction, and that reaction is always, bang, T.J. Watt. That's just how they think. Um, but when you think about the logistics of the defense and, and offense, considering two of the players are offensive players, and you look at James Conner, and is, are they going to go running back by committee now with Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels to try to save him? Does that mean he doesn't see the balls as much? Um, that could hurt his production. Uh, you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, and now that Antonio Brown's not there, is is he going to put up the same kind of numbers with being the focal point for a defense's attention? And TJ Watt's not going to surprise anyone coming off double-digit sacks. He seems to get chipped more. Are they going to be able to shade their protection his way a lot of times? These are all questions that have to be answered. I answered mine on the podcast, but I want to know what you think. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to go the easy route and say TJ Watt. <laughs> so, it's okay. Thing. It's okay because I, you obviously didn't listen because you're not a team player. Um, I picked. <laughs> <laughs> I picked. I picked TJ Watt as well because I just think he plays. He's going to be on the field the most, and he's going to have an opportunity to make a play every single time the defense is on the field. I, and I think for all the other reasons that you said, I mean, James Carter had a fantastic season last year. I mean, the thing that pops out when you look at his numbers, is the four and a half yards per carry, but you look at the 12 touchdowns. I mean, it's kind of that. I mean, that's that's a fabulous year. Um, Juju, I mean, you just don't know where the passing game is going to be. He's going to be the number one wide receiver. He he will see double teams. So I think some of his production uh, will minimize. And I think I've been reading a bunch of articles about they're finally going to do running back by committee with the rookie Samuels and Connor because they got three young backs and they're not going to try to run the wheels off. Uh, I mean, you know Juju's going to get a ton of touches because, I mean, hell, Ben Roethlisberger threw it 675 times last year. I can't imagine that number going down a ton. So Juju's going to get his targets, but TJ is going to be on the field more. He's going to play more snaps. He's going to impact the game more. So I, I would go with TJ Watt as well. And I think of those players, TJ Watt is the best player. Of those guys. I mean, with the 13 sacks, I mean, TJ is the best of the three. So I think it is TJ Watt. But there's a case for those other guys that, that people could make. Well, think about this. That's one draft class. People hate on Kevin Colbert all the time. What a draft class. Even That's if those really three. part of the team anymore in some way shape or form and that's Colin Hall with a long snapper from Louisville who was picked in the sixth round even Keon Adams the Western Michigan outside linebacker was on the practice squad last year everyone else is still on the team um, that's a great draft class and people always say yeah he can't draft player what I mean come on 2017 was tremendous and so you know um, here quick sidebar true or false Lance TJ Watt will have double digit sacks in 2019 true so you think he goes back-to-back, back, huh? Yeah, for sure. He's okay. a dominant player. Absolutely. He'll okay, get another true, true, or false, true or false, Juju Smith-Schuster will have over 1,200 yards receiving. He had 1,400 no. last year. No. You say false. He'll have over 1,000. False. He'll okay. have over 1,000, but he won't have over 1,200. True or false, last one, James Conner will play in 16 games next year. False. Absolutely false. Okay. All right. He has yet to do that. He'll, so get, nicked. Be He'll get nicked. And okay. because they have a couple of young backs that we think are going to be pretty good, I think when he gets nicked, the Steelers will be will be pretty precautious with him. Yeah, I agree. I can't say I disagree. I think that uh, I'm going to say I think 
there's a part of me deep down and it's it's the homer in me that's really very loud this kind this is kind of quiet this homer feeling i get in my belly sometimes and it's i think juju's gonna have a great year everyone talks about how i think they think his numbers are gonna fall and i've said it before on shows i think he's gonna have a good year i think i think he's gonna have over 1200 yards next year that's just what i think you sure that's not IBS? No, well, no. <laughs> and I think the, I think that James Conner is going to be stay healthy. I think that if anything, this offseason he's realized that you know you got to play a certain way. You know you got to stay healthy. You got to be out on the on the field. Hey, you can't make the what is it? You can't make the club from the tub. Is how they say. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You can't make the club from. Dang, Jeff. I mean, don't get too personal with IBS. I think you know. <laughs> I do. <IBS. laughs> No, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to poke fun at any. I don't want to poke fun at anyone that suffers from that malady or yes. Crohn's yes, disease. Yes, that. No, that's not how we roll here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, uh, look, we have a few minutes left before we call it a show. And something we did on the Steelers preview that I do all the time on my Steelers Burning Question show is we want to take some questions from you. So if you're in the live chat right now on YouTube. And if you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, you can find us on YouTube by searching BTSC Steelers Radio. Go ahead and ask your question. I do want to mention that the Super Chat feature is available. And what that is, is you go, if you're on your phone, you see at the bottom where it says chat publicly at BTSC Steelers Radio. To the right, there's a little money symbol. You can click on that. You can pay any amount of money. It goes directly to the show. And it'll highlight your, your question. And so when you highlight that question, we guarantee to answer that question. And it's just always – some people, like on Thursday night, they someone gave us five bucks just because they appreciate the work that we do and they want to help out the program. You don't have to do that by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that that is there for you if you want to use it. And obviously, if there's a lot of questions flying around and you don't see yours, that's a way to get yours highlighted and make sure it gets answered. So, okay. Um Dave Schofield asks because he, he <laughs> why is Jeff so mean to all the other podcasters? You know what, Dave? Uh, he's he's soft. He's a soft one, Lance. And you know, Lance and I, we've been doing this for what now? Five seasons? Something like yeah, that? Man, Jeff's not mean at all. <laughs> I think I'm a pretty nice guy. Yeah, like Jeff, Jeff's not mean at all. Like Jeff laughs and smiles more than any person I know. So. <laughs> I don't hey, agree, I would... Dave. I don't agree. Yeah, Vodka says that I. he's asking about the setup, that obviously it looks like I'm in a different locale. I am in a different locale. That's because I am uh, back in my hometown of Wheeling, West Virginia. Wheeling, West by God, Virginia. And so I came back home to celebrate Mother's Day with my mother. I'll be heading back to Maryland tomorrow. So uh, on location. Um, Isaac says, can we give the money... <laughs> Can we give them money and put it towards Lance's, inter Lance's internet connection? <laughs> sure, I'll I'll take it. Shoot it this way. All right, we do have a live. We have a super chat question. Uh, Shield uh, ninety one. Thank you. He, he's defeat Rudolph to take the second quarterback position. Uh, who would you choose? Do I really have to answer this? Come on, man! Like you, you I don't you, want to laugh at the question, no, no, but we you, know the obvious answer. No, you. They know my answer. You answer it. Oh, me? It's yeah. got to be Dobbs. It's got to be Dobbs. Are you, you the, wait a second? It's it's Saturday night. Are you drunk already? No, didn't Dobbs make the one throw in Baltimore? That's worth the second string. You are spot. talking about one throw. 
Hey, you, that was enough. Hold on. You were at the Raiders. You were you were at the Raiders game when he played for a quarter and didn't do oh, jack squat. But one oh, yeah, throw. He but he had that one throw. one throw. Give me a break. Hey, he's made he's made more throws than any rookie has made tackles. And we're already assuming <laughs> that our rookies are going to be first string all pros. So well, hey. that one throw is enough for him to be the second string. I as a card carrying charter member of the Mason Rudolph fan club, I immediately cut off all ties with you outside of this show because you just said Joshua Dobbs. So there you go. Mason Rudolph is the number two quarterback on this team. Period. All right. Period. Mr. Call him Mister. Um, okay, <laughs> so vodka drinker. He hey he gave us he gave us some money. He said I donate because I love Steeler talk. Thank you very much. He's a very loyal listener. He's always in the live chat. We appreciate that very much. Um, hey, 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 vodka drinker, do you like Tito's? What's your favorite vodka, by the way, vodka drinker? Well, when he answers that, I will certainly share that with you. Snowman, he, another live chat, another super chat. He says, how many draft picks are not signed? As of the recording of this episode, only two. That would be first round pick uh, Devin Bush and first or second third round pick Justin Lane. All other, all seven other draft picks have all signed their initial contracts. So that should be done Soon. And Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray signed early late last week, so they'll Kyler all Murray's start rolling in. Yeah. They'll they'll all start rolling in. Typically, the first the first pick yeah. signs, and then they all start coming down. You want to see what they got? You want to see what kind of signing bonus and stuff like that? So there you go. Um, let's see here. Gotta catch up here. Up, oh, Ron Chess agrees with me. He says that uh, Dobbs sucks. That I'm completely right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's hear it. vodka drinker answers your question he says lusanka lusanka i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that correctly it's a polish potato vodka there you go have you tried that have you partaken no he's a connoisseur obviously i'm tito's sure there you go i'm 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 neither so uh let's go with the next question is tight end are the Steelers' biggest need uh, Vance McDonald's injury prone and other options aren't great. Would you say that the tight end position is the biggest need for the Steelers? On the offensive side of football, yes, I would agree. Which would trump that if you were including the defensive side? Um, on the defensive side of football, what would I say? Depth of defensive line. Uh, it, it depends on the rookie because they, they, they did bring back Tyson Alawalu. Um, they let LT Walton walk, although I don't think he's signed yet. And um, let's see if Isaiah Bugs from Alabama can play. Okay, so uh, here we go. Um, what do you think about the new kicker? They brought in a undrafted free agent kicker. I, I don't know a thing about him. I think he made 78% of his kicks at UCF. I saw that on Twitter the other day. I don't know. Until I see him actually kick a football, which won't be until the preseason, I have no clue who will have more receptions this year this is a good question who will have more receptions this year this is from double h Jalen samuels or james washington i'm gonna go with Jalen samuels disagree james well i think james washington's gonna have a good year but i could see Jalen samuels being up there i think he's gonna be used a lot as a receiver yeah that's why i think so i think he's gonna be uh featured heavily in third down packages and get an opportunity to catch a lot of balls. So 
you know, running backs get catches in volumes too. I think James Washington, well, maybe if they use him different, I mean, he was kind of the X receiver, a lot of deep routes, deep option routes, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, you don't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of opportunities to run deep routes. Uh, so I'm going with Samuels just on sheer volume okay. and the amount of times that I think he'll be on the field on third down. All right. And but, well, let, me, let, me, let me add one thing, though. But yards per catch, I think, will absolutely uh, be James Washington. You would yeah. hope. <laughs> and we'll, we'll finish with this one. Um, how many touchdowns will Vance McDonald have in 2019? Uh, does anybody in the live chat know how many he had last year? I'm going to guess like six. I don't think six he had seven. six. I don't think he had six last year. Uh, I'm gonna go with seven. Then I like seven. No, I don't think he had six last year. I can I can remember the touchdown against Jacksonville in the back of the end zone. The stiff arm heard around the world against Tampa Bay. Uh, I can't think of any others. I'm gonna go. I'm no, gonna he go. had a shovel pass. I think he had a shovel pass early in the season. He might have had four or five. No one's chiming in. Where's Dave Schofield? What the hell is he doing? He should know. I'm going to go with seven. Okay. You think seven? Uh, I was going to say six. I was going to say six. Okay. So I think that um, uh, he had four. Someone just chimed in four. Now they're chiming. Okay. Four touchdowns. So what did I I said six. You said seven. And uh, I, I, if, I know he had, if I knew he had four, I would have said six. Uh, too late. So we agree. That was my number. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Donald Donald Nolan put it best, and it's a great way to end the show. He said, "Screw the Patriots." So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> happy Mother's Day and screw that. Say exactly. So, look, I say this at the end of every show. We really appreciate all the people, the almost a hundred people that are in the live chat right now, watching the show on a Saturday night, um, and are a part of this little community we have on YouTube. Remember, if you don't. Have us connected with your YouTube. Go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio, subscribe, like, share it with your Steeler friends. Send it to them. Send the links. Go to our audio platforms because, like Lance's show, yeah, I said it is there. It's not on YouTube yet, yet, yet. My goal is by the season, it'll be on there. But until then, it's just on the audio platform. So go anywhere you search for podcasts, type in uh, Steelers, type in Behind the Steel Curtain, and you'll find our podcast. Subscribe there so you don't miss anything. Five shows a week. That's some really good content for you all if you're a Steelers fanatic like we are. And as Lance always says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Enjoy it, and we'll see you next week for another episode of The Standard is the Standard.